how far would you go to receive a blessing from your father? Just to hear him say, I see you, I love you, I like you, you matter to me. Now, if you had a strained relationship with your father or you have a lot of painful memories associated with that relationship, take heart because we're going to hear about a character in the Bible today named Jacob and his father, Isaac, and how God can use wounded and insecure people to bless the world. Jacob was haunted by insecurity and self-doubt, which makes sense because his father named him Jacob, a name that in Hebrew means held by the heel, supplanter or usurper, or one who follows or comes behind. Jacob was made aware that from birth, he would always be second place. He would always be the second choice, that he would never measure up in his father's eyes. Many people in our world today also grow up with these labels, these negative labels stuck on them. And the tragic part is that we begin to believe those labels. Maybe your label wasn't second place, but maybe your label was you'll never amount to anything. Maybe your label was you're worthless or you're not good enough. Today, I want you to receive the paternal blessing of our Father in heaven to heal those memories and rest in his arms. Because so many today have this fundamental desire, a good desire, to receive a paternal blessing. And when it's received, it is like water to the soul. The foundation of a building being corrected. It is that fundamental to who we are as human beings. Now the second born son of Isaac, Jacob, he lived with the pain of knowing that he was his father's second choice. Isaac loved his first son Esau better. The scripture says that plainly. Years of doting on Esau. He was a hunter-gatherer, macho. He was hairy. It wounded Jacob. But you see, God puts insecure people in the Bible, and he does miraculous, wondrous things, beautiful things through their lives. And as we'll see from Jacob, who was one of these insecure people, out of his life, out of his sons, would come the 12 tribes of Israel. So as we'll see today in Genesis chapter 25, Jacob and Esau, their parents, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Esau are twin brothers, and in the womb they are born at the same time, but Jacob follows his brother Esau. He's holding on to his heel. He's coming secondly, hence his name. And we pick up the story in Genesis 25 when Jacob and Esau are a little bit older. And we see here starting in verse 29. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field. And he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff. For I am famished. Jacob said, first, sell me your birthright. Sell me your inheritance as the oldest son. 
Basically, give to me what was coming to you. Let me be the firstborn just for this moment. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. Now, I have an older brother. He's five years older than me. We have a great relationship. He's a great older brother. But there's something I've learned about older siblings, and it is this. They never need anything from the younger sibling. The younger one always wants to wear the older sibling's clothes. They want the same curfew as the older sibling. They want to hang out with the older sibling's friends. And I looked, I looked up to and I adored my older brother. But to the older sibling, the younger one always feels like a nuisance, like a gnat that needs to be swatted away. But every once in a while, the older one will ask for something from the younger one. And if the younger one is wise, they will see the opportunity. They will pause and they will realize, hey, he needs me now. He acknowledges my existence. And if you're wise, you'll wait and you'll see it as a moment of negotiation. The younger one knows these moments are rare. So you have to start with something the most valuable, put all your chips in, and then work your way down. Let me drive your car this weekend, older brother. No. Well, how about you do, your, I'll, you do my chores deal? As we see here with Jacob, Jacob and Esau, Esau sees Jacob making a stew and says, give me some. Jacob sees an opportunity of negotiation, and he goes all in. He goes all in, and it works. Esau gives his younger brother his inheritance, his birthright, for a bowl of lentils. Who would give their birthright for a bowl of stew? Who would trade future blessing for a temporary pleasure or comfort? You read this and it sounds absurd. But as a pastor for many years, it's really not so absurd. I see it all the time. People trade the most fundamental relationships of their lives for a pill, for a bottle, for another woman. You see it all the time. It's not so far-fetched. People sacrifice future blessing for temporary comfort all the time. But as Jesus said... What good is it if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? And Esau says, I'm about to die. Clearly, Esau is very uncomfortable, his physical circumstances. And in the moment, he's overwhelmed by how he's feeling. And because of that, Esau loses sight of how valuable his future inheritance and birthright would really be. Jacob doesn't steal his birthright. Esau freely gives it to him. But Esau has no vision, no dream of what God could do through him, and so he sells himself short. He sells out. Esau was hungry 
for all the wrong things. Jacob was hungry to be seen and noticed and appreciated. His desire to hear from his father Isaac, to hear, I see you, I love you, I like you, you matter to me. This drives Jacob's behavior. Why? Why did Jacob do this? 10 out of 10 therapists would agree that it was because Jacob, like every other child in the history of the world, craved a paternal blessing. Jacob was tired of the fact that every time someone said his name, it reminded him that his father had produced essentially a curse over him instead of a blessing. And that from his earliest days, his father had looked at him with contempt instead of favor. His own father had decided that as far as he was concerned, his second-born son would be a bit of a nobody instead of a somebody. And although Jacob would receive that blessing from his father Isaac later in life, under false pretense, Jacob would dress up like his older brother Esau and go to his blind father and, and get the blessing from Isaac Later in Jacob's life, though, God the Father would bless Jacob with many sons. And out of those sons would come the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, if you're listening to this, and your parents, I'm the parent of two young children, and we know our children crave that attention from us, those, simple, those similar paternal blessings. My five-year-old daughter will get on the trampoline and say, hey, Dad, watch me do this dance show, this trampoline show. Watch my moves. My nine-year-old son will jump in the pool and say, Dad, watch me do this, this cool jump. And then I give them what they're looking for, gladly. And I say, way to go. That was so cool. You did that so well. I really enjoyed watching you. And I did enjoy it. Here's why. Because our words have the power to build up or tear down? What is in the heart of a child that makes them desire to be watched and seen even while doing something so mundane, so unspectacular as doing a trampoline show or jumping in a pool? It's the same thing that resides in the heart of every grown-up and it could reside in your heart today as well. That same desire. In the heart of every adult and child resides the longing to be watched and then praised. To be known and then to be loved. To be seen and exposed and then to not be rejected. It is a longing to be approved, to be favored, to a longing to be somebody in the eyes of a greater somebody. It's a desire to be and feel secure. It's a good desire. And it's a desire that our Father in heaven can and will satisfy in your life if you will let him. Because as great as your own father was or is, or as flawed as your father was, or is for all of us our spiritual needs are the same a need that no one on earth or no thing on this earth can meet 
these deep fundamental needs of a father's love, an unconditional love, an undying eternal love, a paternal blessing. These are only fully realized by knowing your father in heaven. But it's tough. It's really hard. Maybe you never knew your father. Maybe you're an orphan. Maybe you're adopted. Hear these words from Psalm 68.5. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. Maybe you never made peace with your dad and you have a lot of resentment that's still there. May the love of the father heal your memories and provide a sense of closure as you rest in the arms of your heavenly father. May we remember to be merciful, that your Father in heaven is merciful. Hear the words of Luke 6, 36, where Jesus tells us to be merciful and then acknowledging just as our Father is merciful. Maybe you're listening to this and you are a father, but you know that you've neglected to bless your children as you know you should. And maybe there are deep wounds from your past that make that very difficult to do. I want you to know that there's still time. Every day is a day of new beginnings. There's still time to love and bless your children. There's always hope. I always will believe that. There's always hope. Hear the words of Malachi 4, 6. And God will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. Or maybe you're listening to this and you're a bit like Esau. You've traded away a future blessing. You've traded away vital relationships. You've, you've given it away for a temporary pleasure. And you've kind of lost your way. You've lost your path. Hear these words of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord today with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Today is a day of new beginnings, my friends. Today is a day of salvation, actually. Today is a day when the mercies of God are new each day. And he waits ready to forgive and heal and bless. Today is the day to receive this love and paternal blessing from our Heavenly Father, the Father of lights from up above. And then as you have been loved, go forth and love your children and your neighbor as yourself. I'll ask this question again. How far would you go to receive a blessing, approval from your Father just to hear, I see you, I love you, I like you. You matter to me. Let me flip that question. How far would your Father in heaven go for you just to hear, I see you, I love you, I like you, you matter to me? He would go as far as this. I'll tell you how far your Father in heaven would go. For God the Father so loved the world that he gave his only Son, 
And that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16. That's how far God would go and has gone for you and for me and for us all. Just to be with you, God gave everything. Today, God says to you, I see you, I love you, I like you, you matter to me. Do you believe these words? They're fundamental to this life and the life to come. God, the Father in heaven, longs to give an even greater inheritance than Esau or Jacob gave away or received. He longs to give us an eternal home, an eternal inheritance, to reorder our hungers for the things of God, to hunger for righteousness, to offer us eternal life in heaven. And his call today across the triad, across North Carolina, is saying, I see you. I love you. I like you. You matter to me. Come to me with an open heart. Surrender your life to me. Trust me with your life. And you may be thinking, okay, Clark, how do I do that? You do it by faith. It's not as far-fetched as it sounds. If the unseen spiritual world is indeed the real world, and it is, then it would make sense that in order to access that world, we must do so by faith. Our faith is the evidence of what we cannot see. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's real. And when we trust Christ by faith, we may feel nothing, but it's not only about emotion. It's about faith and trust in the promises of God and your Father in heaven and to taste and see that he is good but you'll never know if he's good if you don't taste if you don't step forward if you don't trust him so pray with me right now pray to follow christ and receive the love of your heavenly father let us pray oh god in heaven we give you thanks for this day we thank you for your everlasting love our father come to heal our wounds to set us free from our sin And I pray for anyone listening or watching right now that if they have never decided to give their life to you, Jesus, that they would do so right now by faith to taste and see, God, that you're good. Your promises are secure. You long to give us an eternal inheritance. So, Lord, we say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Come and live within me the power of your Holy Spirit. Make me a new creation in Christ. I'm tired of living my own energy I'm tired of being haunted by my past. Forgive me of my sin and set me free, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My friends, thank you for taking the time to worship with us here today at Wesley Memorial Church in High Point. If you made a commitment to Christ today and you gave Jesus your life, we would love to hear from you so we can send you some literature to help you in your faith. As you see this information on the screen, please contact us via mail, go to our website, wesleymemorial.org, find us on social media, and let us hear from you. And now, my friends, may the blessing of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit abide with you always. Amen.